Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. It is episode 35. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. I am joined today by the Todd father. He is at TC underscore Kasho. Todd, what's going on, my friend? Any day, boys, that you uh, get a point in the Premier League, uh, despite some fucking buffoonery, uh, is a good day. So uh, we got to watch Tottenham do that. I'm not mad at it. Uh, still uh, unbeaten under uh, the tutelage and, and uh, of Antonio Conte and, in the league. And uh, yeah, man, good to, see, good to be here, coach. Seven, seven matches unbeaten in the Premier League, five of them victories. Not today, though. It's a 1-1 against Southampton. We will get into it. We're going to get into it with... Our boy Scott as well. He is at DSM Spurs. Scott, what's going on, mate? How are you today? Good, man. I, I woke up today and watched the match. So. <laughs> I wasn't going to address it, but yeah, another another seven a.m. another seven a.m. kickoff and a Tuesday where not a lot of people are working this week. And uh, yeah, you managed to get up and, and watch this one, right? Yeah, man. I don't know if it's a combination of like having have been in quarantine and holidays and all that stuff, right? Like, um. And we're just like we're off this week. I would I'm healthy and working and functioning right and all that. But um I I still thought that tomorrow was the match. So <laughs> I woke up at like seven o'clock on the dot to my wife yelling and she remembered that it was today. I don't like we even talked about it last night, but I woke up, maybe it was the middle of the night. I just had this thought that like it was still 24 hours until the match. So I'm glad she remembered, but I did watch today from, from kickoff and that's always a good, good start for me. So. Yeah. I've got my sister and my brother-in-law and a friend of theirs all in town staying at my house. And I told them, I said, I've got no plans other than between, you know, (laughs) other than for these two hours on a Tuesday morning to, to wake up and watch Spurs. But otherwise I'm your guys, yours the rest of the week. And, and they're they're off doing some things right now, so I figured let's carve out a little time and 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 do a little podcast here and talk about this one today, uh, guys. We saw three changes in the lineup from Sunday, and of course, I think personally I expected to see a little bit more rotation just with it being two days after, you know, what was a a, a pretty resounding victory for Spurs. But only the three changes we saw: Delhi come in, Winks come in, and Ben Davis back into the lineup. Um, other than that, what you know. Todd, what did you think about the lineup as a whole when you saw it? Did you expect more rotation or about this this much? No, this is exactly what we had talked about <clears throat> after uh, after the Palace match. I mean, you looked at the people he left on the bench. Uh, you looked at you know the rotation that was definitely going to be needed throughout this very hectic period. 
and so to see those rotational uh, players come back in, Delhi um, for Lucas, uh, you know, Davies, obviously, and then Winks in the midfield, um, you know, it's, it's pretty much what you expected. And to be fair, I, I thought, and, and we'll come on to this, I thought that um, I, I wasn't overly enamored with Delhi's performance, but I thought he did enough for the most part. Um, and I thought the other two were exactly what we have expected them, have come to expect them to be under Conte, which is a hell of a lot better than they were previously. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, especially on Delhi. I thought he was good enough. I mean, not not outstanding, but but good enough. And I thought he was... I, I saw him getting kind of slagged off on 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 the bird app today, and I thought that was a little unfair. I thought he was I thought he was pretty decent, um, Scott. I also think the, the the other point about this is we saw Sun Kane and Peh get pulled off on Sunday pretty early, uh, and they were able to all go but come back and play ninety minutes today, which was 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 big. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point in the season, every sub you make is pretty much for the next match, right? Um, and, and so. Uh, not surprised at all that, that those guys had some legs underneath them today and good management by Conte. I mean, I think we'll get into this. The the one set of legs we really missed today was Oliver Skip. And so I think, uh, I think you know, and, we, and don't get me wrong, we did enough to win this game. And again, more than we'll get into, but Oliver Skip, I think, would have given us a little bit more even required towards winning this match today. And we missed his legs, like I said. But ultimately – you know, Conte is rotating to the best of his abilities and said it a couple of episodes ago. That's why it's so huge that a guy like Harry Wings, who we'll talk about, you know, it's, it's coming into form and whatnot um, because it's required. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, all in all about, I think, everything we thought the lineup would be, right? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, as we as we watch the start of this game, the first 15 to 20 minutes or so, I thought the real battle actually happened to be between a former Tottenham man and a current one. I thought Kyle Walker Peters against Sergio Reguilon was kind of the, the highlighted matchup as this thing got going on. And it really looked as if both of those guys were at each other's throat. I was joking in our group chat. It looked like Sergio Reguilon was looking for a reason to fall down on every play. He was really trying to draw things and eventually did. Walker Peters picked up a yellow card uh, 13 minutes in. It was that battle between those two guys, though, that, that kind of really had things going. Reguilon picked up uh, a yellow in the first half as well before he was subbed off at halftime. Um, but then we get the James Ward-Prowse goal. On, and, and I guess, Todd, start off, let's, before we go into like the, the big talking points from this game, what, did, what was your takeaway from like the first 25 or so minutes leading up to the James Ward-Prowse goal? Because I thought that it kind of looked sluggish from both teams. It kind of looked like both of these teams almost played two days ago, which they just so happened to have done, right? <laughs> they did, and there was some there was some feeling out. I thought that there was a, a, a good ebb and flow in the in the first twenty minutes or so of um, you know just kind of battles of possession. I thought Southampton had a few opportunities. I thought we obviously had a few looks that kind of went wanting, but like you said, tired legs, slow feet. Um, I didn't necessarily see anything. <sighs> leading me to believe that that Prouse, that, that, that JWP goal w- was coming other than the fact that I knew it was fucking coming. Are you kidding yeah. me, Andrew? Every time with All this time. guy, every time. And if you look at, I don't know whose responsibility it was, but how that guy's got a free hit at the top of the fucking box on a set piece is beyond me. Scott, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where, you know, again, something we're going to get into talk a lot about the disallowed goals, but I think, indecisiveness in and around the box both ways hurt us today um both ways i like that yeah 
Yeah, like without question. Um, I think we were slow on final balls in their in our attacking third, right? In their third. And and I think we were slow to to take men on in our own half. And you know, it cost us. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think some of that is tired legs, right? Like I certainly know at, at, and I'm I'm not a professional athlete, but at the end of, of you know a, a 50 minute indoor match. I definitely have a much more difficult time defending in a one-on-one situation. I'm fucking tired, right? Like, so I think that's part of it. The fixtures are compiled up, and just so happens about, about every holiday season this happens to us. But I will also say that we tend to do a pretty good job in the Christmas uh, window as a club, right? When it comes to points hauls, and we got a point today on the road against a good Southampton team. So um, you know, we're still we're still on track to do that and we have not lost under Antonio Conte. So I think my point is, <clears throat> yeah, we were a little lackluster today in a couple different areas. Um, tired legs are probably the main reason for that. You can't fault the boys necessarily for that. Um, it's part of tradition, right? To be fucking exhausted and unable to play football is, is, is the way she goes. So here we are. Um, but again, a, a good point on the road under a manager who hasn't lost yet. So after the the James World Prowse goal, that seemed to kind of wake Spurs up, and all of a sudden they started pushing forward. And I'm I'm not going to excuse them for for kind of being lackluster in the first 20 to 25 minutes, but they really started to 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 put it on Southampton after that. Salasu picks up the first yellow of, uh, in the 27th minute. Hassan Huddle picks up a yellow in the 30th minute, and then Salasu's second is is purely based on a great run by Hyungmin Sun and a, an even better pass from Harry Winks. And this is the time of the podcast where we sit and continue to, I think, praise and also be a little puzzled as to how the hell Antonio Conte has turned Harry Winks into this good of a footballer. I, I think we all kind of thought maybe that guy was in there, but I think we also all kind of thought that his time had run its course. And th- this guy, again, today, other than the little hiccup he had where he almost gave the ball away inside of our box, but recovered enough to, to, to get it out of there, um, Harry Winks was really, really good once again, right, Todd? Yeah, and I've you know I've slagged this guy off as much as anybody else. I, but it, just like we've talked about, Andrew, um, it's about having the type of manager with uh, the acumen necessary to find the right place for the people on the pitch. And I think that he's done that with Harry Winks in a way that uh, cannot be understated, same as he's done uh, with Davies and same as he continues to do out of Eric Dyer, who, uh, who is again, uh, very pivotal in, uh, in, in our defensive stoutness uh, in this match, probably the best of the three. You know, Eric Dyer and I thought Davison Sanchez was also pretty pretty good today as well. I thought both of those guys performed very well. And and that's not to take anything away even from Ben Davis, who who was decent. Um, it's funny, you know, Scott mentioned earlier that he we really were missing Oliver Skip today. And I kind of agreed with that. But also, I thought if Skip was going to come on, I kind of wanted it to be for Pierre-Emi Hoybier instead of Harry Winks. Because I thought that Winks was even better than Hoybier was. Well, that's he was supposed to be. Like, I mean, listen, the thing is, for a guy, especially for a guy who was champion Ben Davies for like four years, Mr. 6.4 himself, get off my guy, PEH. 
He is an absolute fucking steamroller in the middle of the pitch. He's turned it another 7.0 again today. And he just does his fucking job, Andrew. And he makes the the rest of the people on the pitch around him better. I'm I'm not I'm not discounting that he he was he was good. I just he was he was good. He wasn't great. I thought Winks was was damn near great today. I mean, he was well, yeah. Really I mean, good. as great as Harry Winks is going to be, he was at the top end of of his spectrum, which is where he's been playing under Conte. And you appreciate the shit out of that. Um, well, of course, of of course, that we would have appreciated Skippy, but you got to rotate. You got to rotate. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And and let's just appreciate though that when, I'll just. I'll lead into this now. Winks delivered the pass to, to, to Sun to, to set up the penalty, and he yeah. delivered the, the, the pass to Kane to, to set up that goal that should have counted, which we'll come on to. I'm like, he, I, I've never seen Winks passing the ball forward like this, and he's pinging balls that are, that are really, really accurate and really, really good. Well, I, I think, you know, on the skip, Point. I do agree with Todd. It is what it is, right? We had to rest legs, but I think it's worth mentioning where we really missed him. This is what I kind of meant this morning as we were chatting. Skip really just, he sits back and he just fucking mops up and he lets somebody take control of the game a little bit, which PA, PEH does really well, right? Um, he doesn't, neither of them are flashy, but what Skip does is he allows PEH to really just grab the scruff, grab the net, game by the scruff of the neck and just dictate what he wants to happen in a, in a very, like, under-the-radar way. I think when you don't have skip, maybe you think PEH can be that 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 person, right, um, with the wings operating a little bit higher, which in theory should have worked just, what, just fine. But I think a big piece of it is, and this is just me me thinking out loud here, so, so feel free to disagree, but I think when you're skipping, you're, like, 20, 21 years old, and you are working so hard to just break into the first team. Um, you are so focused on just doing doing the bare minimum of what's asked of you extremely well, right? And I think as you progress a little bit more, you you by nature just want to be a little bit more more involved in the match. So I think when PEH gets a little bit of stick, it's because we, we need somebody to sit back and he just tends to naturally be a little bit more involved. But I really don't fault him for that either. So. I think we we can you know what today showed me is that we need to find a way to operate without Skip because we're not always going to have him on, on the field and we should have been able to dictate the pace of play a lot more than we did today um, and there's a reason for that like Southampton had way too much going forward um, you 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 look at at two matches ago I don't remember who we played anymore but. We absolutely played him off the park, right? And I think it should have been a similar match today based on the opponent, and it wasn't. And, again, I think that was because Skip was missing. So we got to figure out, you know, PEH or, or Wings, neither of them played poorly by any means. But I think the way that we operate without Skip has to be looked at. Um, All right. I, I, I love you. I really do. But we, I can't. <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. We had two goals disallowed. We had an XG of 2.5. I, we had 65% possession. We had fucking man. 84% pass success. We played the fuck out of this game, and we, we got jobbed. And we got fucking jobbed. And you there talk- we are. And I've been grumpy about it all day. Southampton, yeah, more hold respect on, hold to on, him. Hold on, Scott. But We're going to let Todd roll here. More, more respect to him. Because he's been hold, but, held back from this. I, but do, we've been, we played him off the fucking pitch. Foster drops the ball. They kick it into the back of their own fucking net. And Anthony Taylor's stupid hand goes in the air for no fucking reason. Martin Atkinson's thumbing his ass in the booth for half the fucking game. Harry Kane scores a clearly onside goal 
So much so that people on a variety of different networks that normally don't give us the time of day were mocking his old ass for such a terrible decision. That there's no fucking recourse for a conversation around, we got to, well, you know, we should have been able to blah, blah. No, no, we did. This was a 3-1 comfortable victory that got taken off of the board from us today. And I can't fucking stand it. I'm very grumpy. Yeah, okay. I, okay. You're, you're not wrong, but I think I'll first talk about, about the stats, right? Southampton, in the first 20 minutes of the match leading up to the JWP goal, had way too much going forward. And then at the end of the match, the same exact thing. So stats, possession, XG aside, at the beginning and end of the match, Southampton was all going forward and we were scrambling, right? That's an issue. We've that's, got to hold on, that. hold on, Scott. Hold on. That's that's not true because you have to remember this team played a man down for an entire half. And and, and Spurs controlled the second half. The from minutes like 85 to 94, whatever ended up being, we totally totally no 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 no. They controlled no, the majority the of the second half, if not all of the second half. I don't know. I feel like Southampton just had way too much going forward. Look, whatever. Matt Doherty had more of the ball in this game than he's had his entire Spurs career because they, they had nine total shots. Time. We had 21. Yes. We dominated yeah, I mean, and, the game. Todd, 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 is, Todd is spot on right about that. I'm just grumpy, Scott, and I'm not grumpy at you because Whoa. I understand it. when you have the other team, when, when JWP scores a fucking screamer and he's not marked – and that happens in the first 25 minutes of the game. You feel like you're chasing it for the rest. And when it ends in a one-all draw, I can definitely understand how you're looking at it going, we should they did they had more forward than going forward than they should have. And, and in the first 25 minutes, you're absolutely right. But when old fucking Salusu or however you say his last name decides he wants to pick up that second yellow um uh, you know on the on the sunny pen and, and, and they get sent off. I'm looking at this going, how in the hell don't you put the ball in the back of the net at least a couple of times, you know, in the second half? Oh, fucking wait, you did. You did put yeah. it in the back of the net two times and you didn't get a victory. And that's yeah. why I'm grumpy. Todd, Todd, you're 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 100 percent right. And 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 look, Spurs fans have every right to be grumpy about this. And look, we we talked a little bit before we started recording. And I said, look, these things tend to even out over the course of a long season. And 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 there's no. I don't have the the guarantees for you. I, you know, I the guarantee fairy, you know, I can't put that under your pillow. She's not going to come and, and and take it and you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know, your 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 daughter won't be safe and all of that. Like the whole the whole Tommy boy bit. But honestly, the, like it's I thought the second half we would need to do something different. And I actually put this in the group chat. Um I thought with Reggion picking up that second or the, the first yellow card, I said that's a recipe for him versus and, and this is what I referenced earlier. This thing was a KWP Reggion battle royale on that side, and it for me it was a race to who's going to get their second yellow. Conte makes the decision to take Reggion off to start the second half, which I actually liked. Now, what I thought was weird, not weird because it makes sense from a from a you know personnel standpoint, but he brings Matt Doherty on. Now, Matt Doherty, I don't think, had a very good game, and I don't think he had a very good half, but at least he's positionally what what's there. What I had thought would be the – not the logical thing because it's Antonio Conte and he plays in the back five, we know this, but I actually thought at that point in the game with Southampton being down a man, I kind of thought we should have switched to a 4-3-3 and gotten Lucas on earlier and had more 
pressing attack. And that means not bringing Matt Darty on, but it means just taking Reggion off for someone like Lucas and moving Ben Davis up to left back and playing that way, playing with two center backs instead of three and getting more forward because Spurs were able to do that with what they brought with, with what they did and what they brought on in the second half. They dominated the ball. They dominated the XG. They They dominated anything you would want to say. I mean, they won the XG by a long shot in this game by more than two goals, but, mm. but it was a one, one final. So they Whoa. were obviously able to do a lot with what they did in the second half. It, and, and I'm not here to say I'm smarter than Antonio Conte because God knows I'm not, but I thought that what he did was fine. I just, I would have gone about it a slightly different way, but they Todd's right. They won this match except for in the reality of they didn't. I mean, they, they dominated the second half the way they should have. It's just when you, when you face these situations in which, you know, things are going against you multiple times during the same game, you have to have a little bit more in order to push it over the line. And Spurs simply didn't. Well, I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's all well said and I'm going to get into it. I think, you know, when I, when I look at the two goals we conceded, or sorry, didn't the two goals that didn't count? Right? They're disallowed. Yeah, I, didn't feel disallowed. Right when I, said that. I got you. The two goals that, that, that didn't count. The first one is a hairline offside decision, right or wrong. It's not the first time we've seen that in the league over the past three or four seasons. Like that just happens over and over, right? So, so it kind of is what it is. Um, yeah, and like Anthony Taylor when he called Sun off and. Against Liverpool, Leicester, and Bobby Liverpool, Fr- whatever it was. Bobby yeah, Fr- yeah. 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 Oh, oh, and the Leicester one too. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I've, I, I've, I've certainly seen two other teams get, get, get the ruler and the and the exacto pulled out too, right? Like that, the, not the exacto, the protractor pulled out as well, right? That's what they do. But, um, but you know, it is what it is. It happens all over the league. I, I think when technology is involved, they are going to split hairs. Um, and then the, the... But here's the thing. That, hold on, Scott. I don't mean to interrupt you, but here's the thing. Number one, Taylor's not the ma- one that made that decision. It was uh, Atkinson. Atkinson. And 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 VAR is supposed to be for a clear and obvious error. Mm-hmm. That's correct. not a clear and obvious error. That's a like you said, microscopic. His armpit might have been off. Might have been off. I think might have been to rule it off. Is what it was. Yes, Harry Kane well, has never scored a goal with his armpit. I, I mean, I don't dis- – dude, trust me. I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. Like, I, 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 I know, and look, I'm not attacking you. It's just like, up, like, come on. No, I get it. And I'll back up and I'll say the fr- one of the first things I said, we did enough to win today. We did it. Like, So I'm not disagreeing with anything you guys are saying. I'm just trying to like look at the situation here, right? Those That shit happens. It does. And the Fraser Forrester goal, a terrible fucking cross. Yeah, we got lucky. And I even said in the group chat – I have no no explanation for that. That's a goal. It should count. So, like, I agree with both of you there, but it's still a shitty cross, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, give me, give me. Like, I'm not Liverpool, and I'm not saying you guys are, like, you know, whining or anything, but I'm just saying, like, look, like, JWP shouldn't have scored, right? There was a couple times where PH specifically could have released Kane on one, didn't. He was late. Kane even called him out for it. Like, there was moments that we could have won the match with decisive goals, and we didn't. I'm not saying we shouldn't have won the match. I'm not saying we weren't the better team today, but it was a fucking VAR decision that we've seen happening for the last three seasons consistently with the offsides call. And then the Fraser Forrester fumble that, yeah, should have counted 
but we didn't do anything to deserve that goal when you really look at it. So I can sit here and be like, well, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. But honestly, like, whatever. We got a point on the road. We're not winning the league this year. We're still in perfect place to make a run at top four. Um, it is what it is. The, the one thing I'll Players say about- will be given the benefit of the doubt this season as goals won't be ruled out offside due to toenails and noses. Mike Riley, the Premier League referee chief, can eat pits. my ass. That's nonsense. I, that is look, what you one, said prior to the season, and here we are. This is The bullshit. one thing I'll say, Scott, is you said we've seen these VAR – uh, decisions made consistently, except we've seen them made inconsistently. Is the well, order. yes, inconsistently <laughs> made consistently. Yes, that's the problem. This happens all the fucking time. Like so, so, and it sounds like it was it was addressed in the off season. It didn't translate into actually happening. Like I don't know. Like I'm not here debating the you know the the, the ethics or or the right or wrong behind any of this. Right. I'm just saying like this shit happens all the time. Like. It is what it is. Like, I'm just, I'm not ready to just like, and I'm not saying you guys are at all. Please believe me when I say that. But like, I'm not ready to have my fucking day off ruined by like a point on the road to Southampton when I totally agree with you, Scott. I think, I think that, look, maybe, maybe Todd doesn't feel this way. I think you and I are on the same page and that I come away from this game feeling extremely positive still about Spurs. Like you said, it's a point on the road. It's, a great perform. It's a good performance. I won't mm-hmm. say a great performance. A great performance would have come away with, with more. This, despite the fact that they did have more, um, but it's a, it's a very good performance. You can you can take positivity out of it. Like you said, it's seven matches unbeaten in the league under Conte. All of those things. I I'm not down on this on this performance whatsoever. And look, there are some fortunate things that have happened for Spurs in the last two matches now, where they've been able to play for 45 or more minutes up a man like those are the kinds of things that you you have to it's 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 the let's take advantage of this yeah but they still put in a good performance and got a job done maybe not the job you wanted but they got a point four points out of these last two matches i i can't i can't sit here and and be sky is falling and doom is gloom about it i think you're right about that while at the same time i can also see why todd is boiling raging mad and 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 you know like, like I'm Charlie Day. Andrew, can... I'm just, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, or, you're, you're, uh, you're Charlie and... Day conspiracy board. I get it. Like, I am. It, it makes sense. And two points matter a lot. So, like, I understand. At the end of the season, two points could cost us top four. Like, two points is a lot. Right? It's important. I get it. I understand the frustration. I'm just looking at it as it is what it is. Like, and not that you guys aren't able to do that, right? I'm not teaching you anything you're you're incapable of doing on your own, right? Like, I'm just talking about where I sit at this point. I'm also looking at the table. Like, we've got the two games in hand. Let's say we do win them, right? We're sitting at 36 points. We're in the top four. Um, That we have to win two games, right? I understand that that that's a heavy ask in the Premier League, right? But we're, we're we're sitting in fourth place. I also look at Liverpool and Chelsea. They're not they're not you know stuttering or sputtering by any means. They're, you're not they're not stumbling at this point. Well, a little but they're, bit they're they're a little bit they slowing, are, but... like without yeah. question. Chelsea is a little bit more than Liverpool, but they're still having both of their momentum. You know, is 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 slowing. Um, and we haven't lost under Conte. Our momentum is the complete opposite of theirs, right? Like, I'm not saying we're going to catch him. I'm just saying it's not all bad. Like that puts yeah. us five points behind both of them if we win our two games in hand, even if we don't eight, like, and we don't have to catch them even, right? 
we right now our competition for fourth place is going to be Man United for sure. Um, you know, I'm still not terribly convinced. I think they're a good side. Arsenal and West Ham are not going to continue to push against us. I, I assure you, West Ham will slow down. Arsenal has just won a few games that have put them in this position, right? They're, they're, they're nothing to write home about. And beyond that, you look at like a, a Wolverhampton or, or a Leicester who are both sitting at, at, on 25 points and Crystal Palace in 23rd behind them. And I do not consider them a threat, right? So we're really talking about a top four push here and our main competition is going to be Man United. So um, I think for us, it's going to be important to keep taking games against the top six. And I feel pretty confident that Conte is able to do that. Yeah, I, I'm and just kind of thinking about that, man. I, it's funny. I'm not even looking at the other folks around us too much. To, to be mm-hmm. fair, like yeah, I, well, I, I agree. agree. That's really the first time I've really looked at the table in a long time. I yeah, like it anyways, but <laughs> no, I just you know I try to get a ballpark as to where we are. But you know what I what I mean by that is that I don't necessarily think I'm more concerned about Spurs form than I am about anything else. I feel like a, a match like this is going to feel like a loss in the dressing room. Like I, I feel like this is, and I mean. What a what what a season it's been just to this point. So that uh, a draw against Southampton feels like a loss right now. But I, I really do think that um, this is the type of thing where I'm going to be very interested in seeing how a Conte team battles back from this type of adversity, where they feel like they should sure. they left points on the table today. Uh, I I hope, and I told you, Andrew, we can come on to this now. Harry Kane is in form, sir. It's it's. It's coming. It's coming. Yes. Should have been a brace. Should have been a brace today. That pen was sexy, and you know it. It was. We play Watford on the first, and maybe that's where the Harry Kane hat trick that I called for today is actually going to come in. <laughs> well, listen. I think you said he's going to get to twenty. I think he's what to four or five now. So okay, if he's he's he's, okay. he's 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 scoring right now, which is good, and and he's playing well, and. I thought he was actually getting the shit kicked out of him today a little bit too, and and not getting, you know, well. we we can come back onto the to the Anthony Taylor of it all, but you know, he he was he was the hold up play was there today, and 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 maybe not even as good as it could have been. So, um, Ben Norick had a great game for them. It, yeah, must yeah. Be said, so. No question. It, it, it's it, he, he if he if he ends up with nineteen, Andrew. If he ends up with nineteen, I'm going to point to this match. <laughs> <laughs> Well, both he and I thought, you know, I thought Sun was actually quieter than usual, but also still like drew that pen and and was and still made things happen. Like Sun was, you know, for 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 not having a classic human Sun game like he did on Sunday, for example, um, he was still making things happen, um, and and that was good too. I wanted to get Scott's thoughts on a player who made a, I guess you can call it more than a cameo. I mean he. He played a decent amount, I thought, toward the tail end of the game and really kind of made things happen. Um, but that's Brian Heal. He came on and pretty much played right wing back in, mm-hmm. in place of Emerson Royal, um, but but came on and was really just like a right wing and then even even made a cameo on the left side when Darty was just fucking around over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had some thoughts on Brian Hill. What did you think? Yeah, no, I was actually just looking at my notes. So I'm glad you brought that up. I Before I get into Brian, though, I do, I do on the on your son – Son, you know, mentioned there, I think Son t- tends to be a player who pops up and banks goals in really big matches and then in everything else does a, a ton for the team, like in a really quiet way. 
It seems like yeah. against like these mid-table sides, he's so important, but he does it in, in just a really quiet way, like you mentioned. You know, he operates kind of under the radar, but just does so much because Kane doesn't Kane's not Kane without Sun, right? And Sun's not Sun can be Sun without Kane, which is interesting. But I think Sun, you know, Sun does so much to make Kane as as much of a goal threat as he is, right? Um, but anyways, on the Brian bit. I thought Brian was extremely brave today. And that was like hugely positive for me. Like he did now the last 10 minutes, he looked good, like super sharp. He played a couple of really good balls. Like that's part of why I say he was so brave is in that position, needing a goal so badly, it's easy to just like find the easy pass and get the ball off your foot and let somebody like, you know, um, young men's son or a Lucas Mora, you know, bear the brunt of the responsibility there. Um, but he was willing to do it himself. I do think there was a couple times earlier in his appearance where he really, really misplayed a few touches that, that could have put the team in on a counter. And I, I equate that to nerves, right? So I, you just got to keep getting in minutes. And, and I, I say that because in the comp, you know, in our group chat, I had mentioned that. And I think it came off a bit more negative than I ever for, intended it to. Right? I thought Brian was hugely positive today, but I think he'll remember those mis mis mishandled touches right that, that could have led to counters and learn from that and I, I think my point is we got to keep give, getting him minutes because he's going to have to keep working those little errors out of his game he's super young um and you got to be willing to take those chances to even make mistakes right so that was the biggest biggest thing uh, uh towards you know me saying it was a positive performance from him today for sure our, our boy Shuban kind of brought this up on Sunday and I think we talked about I think we talked about with Brian Hill and and specifically about Joe Rodon as well and and whether or not these are candidates to get a loan in January which of course is coming up this weekend like I, mm-hmm. you know players can start to move this weekend uh with the transfer window opening back up yes. and, and and the thing the thing about it for me with specifically with Brian I, I won't I won't address Joe Rodon right now cuz I think he might be I, I definitely think he's a different case but with with Brian Hill for me I like the kind of cameo role that he played today. I, I think that's a, a fitting role for him right now. Um, I thought he was bright. I think I think you're right. I thought he was brave. I thought he was mostly positive. Um, he he lacks, you know, he lacks that clinicalness that that frankly the whole team lacked today. Other than, of course, when they didn't on the disallowed goals. Um, but I, I think that unless he is somebody who you can guarantee is a bang on starter on a loan move and getting 90 minutes regularly. Um, I think it's really hard, which by the way, is something that you cannot guarantee. You know, if you're going to let a guy walk out the door and go to another club on a loan, that's not something that you can guarantee is going to happen. So if you can't do that for me, I think I want him under Antonio Conte's nose in training constantly and, and bettering himself that way rather than going to another club and, and, and playing perhaps in a different system you know, just, just in order to get minutes on his legs, I would rather him be under the tutelage of a guy like Conte and his training staff rather than going elsewhere right now. That's just, that's just me. I don't, I don't see a loan for him being necessary. And frankly, with the long season and injuries and things like that, I, it's, he's just a guy I would like to have around. Yeah, Brian, jump in. Oh, sorry. Yeah, do Brian says like I, I'm I'm a big fan of all of the bright spots that that we've seen out of him since he's got here. Um, I I do think that there's going to be movement in the squad. I'm excited to to I I, I agree with you unless there's there's bang on minutes like don't. 
Um, like I think that, again, like we spoke on the last pod, the professionalism that that Conte brings to the table is something that that any young player can learn. Any player at any level, to be fair, can learn from. Um, but I, I do think I do think that there'll be opportunities for movement, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, I heard a lot of rumors, even from Fabrizio Romano, about like guys like Matt Doherty, Matt Doherty getting moved, um, which would be interesting because that would at least intimate to me, Andrew, that we'd be looking to sign another right wing back. Thoughts? Um, here's my thoughts on that. I know Scott's going to agree that, that that would be the case. I think this team thinks maybe possibly that it already has another right wing back in Jaffa Tanganga. Um, I, I don't think I agree with that, I, I, but I think that the team might think that. And I don't know that for sure, but look, I, I'm not opposed to, to, to giving Emerson Royale some a push. And, and we know that Matt Doherty's not give, doing that. Um, I, I don't, I, part of me wants Matt Doherty to just return to the form that he had for wolves in, in his last season there, because he was pretty good for wolves. If we remember as, as, as a right wing back under Nuno, um, why he hasn't kicked on at Spurs is beyond me. Maybe he's just not at the level that we would, would require of him. Um, which is probably the case, but no, I have no problem with that, with, with that player moving on. And I have no problem if we try to bring in another right, right wing back. I mean, look, we were joking, um, in the group chat earlier about Kieran Trippier, Trippier, which is not going to happen. It sounds more and more like he's going to Newcastle, if anywhere in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I think another right back, right wing back would be suitable for this club. It seems like they have two suitable-ish options right now at, on the left side in Region and Sessegnon. Why not get another suitable option on the right side? Right, Scott? I think we would be very well suited to getting in somebody who's a little bit more of an attacking threat. And it's silly saying that because Emerson has looked really good going forward lately, right? But, and I think he's learning for sure. I do think he carries more of a defensive acumen, you know, than an attacking acumen. I think, I think just based on some of the rumors we're seeing and my speculation or gut feeling, I do think right wing back is an important, important position for Conte in this window. Um, Max Aaron's baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. We're not signing Max Aaron's, but I do think, I do think he's going to go, go for a wing back. Um, God dang it, man. I'm going to say it. I think he's going to go after a damage pro or a, <laughs> I really think he is. And I think that'd be fine. Um, it's not Tanganga. I don't even necessarily think the club thinks that. I think he's been used as a stopgap because a wingback can't play every game, right? Um, and he's just starting to maybe trust Doherty a little bit, but I don't think he. that's a long-term thing. Um, so, you know, he's using Tanganga there a few times, I think, in pinches, but I think he sees Tanganga as a left center back slash right center back without question. So I think we're going to go after a wingback. Uh, I think we need to, to be honest. Um Anyone else going to bet on that Traore shit? No, no, no hard pass. I'm going to Olay that shit like a matador. Fuck that. Um, uh, I will, however, say that I would love to see Yusuf Atal uh, from Nice yeah. uh, sl- slide on in. Uh, he's 25. He's gotten, you know, now 60, per- 60 league appearances for, for, for Nice and Liga. Like, let's go. He's back healthy after that knee injury from a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah. Andrew. Well, I, I, look, I, I certainly think that, that wing back is a priority. I think center back is a priority. There's a lot of priorities in this club still. And, and it's, it's funny. We, we talk about 
how positive we feel and as well as they've played and the form that they're in and everything seems like it's on the up and up. And yet we can still point to a number of different places, you know, backup striker, center back, wing back. I think we have a plethora of midfielders, some of whom we think might need to move on. Um, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole Giovanni Lacelso thing happening on the internet this week that I am still not here for. I'm not here for, you know, people are really pissed off that the guy got hurt in a warm down. Like, uh, come on, guys. Uh, Steven Bergvine picked up a, a minor knock on Sunday and, and is going to miss, you know, miss today and is going to miss this Saturday as well. We're not, we're not treating him like he's some fragile being. Why are we, you know, it's just, there, there's a lot of moving parts that, that could potentially happen with this club uh, in this month. I just, I always caution people. Number one, it's January. Don't think that as much is going to happen as you want. And number two, just be careful what you are, are wishing for. And and also know that know that it takes two to tango. I said that the other day uh, in, in our group chat, and I believe I, I believe I even posted it on the bird app. You know, you can want to sell every player, but somebody's got to want to buy them. Um, that's always just my word of caution. Come a transfer window, it you know. A lot of people are making the comparison right now between Giovanni Lacelso and Eric Lamella, and that's unfair. You know, that's not even I, remotely. They're not even the same ballpark. I I agree with you. I think that people think that somebody will just take a chance on Lacelso. Well, Lamella was a part of a make good in in the Brian Heal deal. You know, it's like nobody nobody went after Eric Lamella. <laughs> Eric Lamella was, you know, part of a part of a a, a make good in that deal. So it's not like. Um, it's not like teams are banging down the door for Giovanni Lacelso right now. So all these people who are saying sell, 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 who's going to buy, buy, buy? That's my question. Yeah, where's the market? Where's the market? And, and that's a good shot. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, I, I think that you're right in the sense that uh, there's the January market is not going to be what everybody hopes it is. Um, I do think I some know. parts will move, but, but I just don't think it's going to be, you know. I think some parts would move as well. Um, and to, to be fair, like we don't hear a lot of what's actually going on in, in Spain and what the rumors actually are over there. And so they're pretty well confirmed over here. So, I mean, maybe there is some chatter about about La Celso. I we, we don't know. I, I don't it's hard to say. Some people just don't play well in the cold. Andrew, I don't know, Scott, if you if you've been around those guys where like when the weather was fine. They were absolute world beaters. But as soon as it got cold, it was like the elements just made them a different a different type of player. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that that's happening with, with Lo Celso. I'm just saying that some people just aren't cut out to play in England. Mm -hmm. We talked about it the other day. I just, you know, he does, he's never had a great track record for being fit and England's not a great place for those types of players to be. Right. That's, I think had Musa Dembele played in Spain, he'd be viewed as one of the greatest midfielders of all time, right? Like he just was hurt all the time and it stalled, it stalled what he was capable of doing. Everybody knows he's the best player they've ever played with, right? He just was never fit enough. Like that dude would have played for Barcelona and thrived with Xavi and Busquets, right? Um, but he didn't. He played in England. Lamella went down to Spain, was leading the league in goals this season at one point, right? Like yeah. 10 games in too, not just like after a game. Right. So it's a big it's a big thing. And it's not that like England's the best league in the world, blah, blah, blah. Like you, if you're not tough enough to play in England. That's not what I'm saying. It's just a game that's really hard on guys who 
who can't stay fit, right? It's it beats you up. It's almost like it's like it's like MLS with like t- ten times the technical ability, right? But just the game is just it's fast and it's strong and it's tough, right? So, anyways, I don't follow Celso for this, but I just don't think he has a future at Spurs. I think. You know, and it, I really mean that. It's not me saying like he shit get him out of my club. Like it just, it's not working, right? Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a move back to to Spain, even on a loan to buy or something like that. I also wouldn't mind seeing, um, you know, a few guys like a Joey Rodon get a loan. Um, yeah, same. Just give, just give minutes because here's the thing: like we can, we can say all we want about Joey Rodon. Right now, we play with three center backs. We have five that are fit. It would be convenient to use five, and we're choosing to only use four. And there's a very specific reason for that, right? Like, it's not it's not just because he, like, forgot that Rodon could have played today or something like that, right? Um, so, anyways, I think alone would, would do him really well. Um, I think Brian Hill would do well with alone. It is interesting, though, today because – I look at I look at Brian. There's only there's there's three places he could in theory play in a Conte system, in a two behind Kane, right, in a one behind Kane and Son, or as a wingback. Like that's it. Um, he's not going to play in a two behind Kane over Lucas or Son or Bergvine. Like no question, he's not like the finisher that that you need to be to run off of Kane and like be that pseudo pseudo striker, right? He could do it, but he's not going to be going to be there. Um, he could also play as a cam, but he's not going to play above, above Delhi or Tongi there without question. Um, wingback is, a, is, is an interesting place. Like football manager, if you play as aggressively as I do, you will know that football manager feels that he is well suited to the wingback position. Football manager knows it's shit, right? Um, I played him there, is what I'm getting at. But but no, um, I'll just congratulations aside. to you. <laughs> it, you know, if he's going to get minutes under Conte, I think wingback is really the only place that's going to be because he's a he is a winger, and Conte only uses wingbacks necessarily, right? So um, I was glad to see him getting minutes today, and I think it bodes well towards Conte's belief in in the in the youngster. But I still think alone would be a smart move for him. Um, but beyond that, I mean. There was a time where I said, Tongi, Deli, Sanchez, sell them as quickly as humanly possible. And I have completely flipped on that. You know, like Deli wasn't great today, but um, he showed us what he's capable of providing in a Conte system. Sanchez has been fucking phenomenal. And like, if anyone comes in with a bid for him, I'm slapping that shit down, like to come in Matumbo style real quick. Um, get out of my fucking face with a bid for Sanchez. And then I, and then I think Winks, man, like, I don't know, man. If someone comes in for a decent number, I don't know, man. Sanchez has looked fucking good. Like he's he has, good. he has. I don't, I don't think there's any realm where where that number is coming in. Don't get no, me God, no. I mean, at least you recoup what you paid for the guy if you're going to sell him at this point, and that's not happening, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Sanchez, Sanchez, you know, has tended to fare really well under two under both of his managers who play with a really aggressive high line and want to, you know jam the press down your throat and that's that's Poch and Conte right and I don't think it's a huge coincidence that Sanchez has looked really good under both of those managers I think when you ask a guy like Sanchez to sit back and defend the space around him 
I think it's a little more challenging for a guy like that, right? Um, and he's not asked to do that anymore. So I don't think it's a huge coincidence. But but Sanchez has been fucking great. And Winks, dude, Harry Winks, Harry Winks is fucking good. <laughs> what? Um, he's looked really, really good under Conte. So, yeah, those three guys, I, I have no interest in, in moving on at all. And I think at this point, if, if we're saying we need to sell the buy, I really don't know where that comes from because – I think anyone who are interested in moving on is probably only on a loan basis at this point, unless like you alluded to Andrew, a big, big unforeseen bid comes in for somebody like a Delhi or a Sanchez. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Look, we'll ha- we're going to have a lot more to say on transfers throughout the month of January as they come. Um, this is the last pod of 2021, of course, because we'll be potting this weekend following a match against Watford. Now Watford, Watford are an interesting case. They're they're just above the drop zone. Of course, Tottenham beat them back in August 1-0 as part of that start to the season, the three the three one nil victories. Um, and Watford are the team that, for all intents and purposes, um, other than Tottenham's co- contribution to destroying Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, Watford are the team that really did that. They beat them 4-1 with Manchester United back on November 20th. Uh, since that game... Watford have lost five straight Premier League matches to Leicester, Chelsea, Man City, Brentford, and today they lost 4-1 to West Ham. So Watford come in kind of reeling, um, and like I said, they sit just above the drop, uh, 13 points from 17 games. So this is not a team that is in very good form. Um, Spurs make a trip up to Vicar Road on, on Saturday. What um, I guess – you know, a couple more days of rest before this one. And then looking even further ahead, Spurs will have, of course, the matches, uh, the cup matches next week after this one uh, going forward against Chelsea. The, the first leg of the League Cup semi comes up next Wednesday, January 5th. The following Sunday is the FA Cup match. And then uh, January 12th, a week after the first leg uh, against Chelsea is the second. So, this is the last Premier League match uh, for a few weeks coming up on 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 Saturday morning. Um, Todd, what do you, what's your outlook for this? I mean, you would you would hope this should be three points against a team like Watford that's on really poor form, right? Yeah, Harry Kane hat trick, dude. We already had this conversation. Uh, okay, no, fair. it's uh, <laughs> no uh, Ben Foster's hurt, so uh, Daniel Bachman, I guess, is their backup keeper. He had a, just a, just a day against yeah. the Spam. Um, who generally get battered everywhere they go. So the fact that, you know, he gave up four against them tells you pretty much what you need to know. No, I think that, I think the guy, I, what I hope, Andrew, is I hope the guys come in well-rested and very pissed off uh, that they didn't get these two points, uh, two additional points today, uh, and they take it out on uh, on some, some poor Watford folks. Um, and I also hope that um, Danny Rose gets absolutely bitch-slapped. Um, not because there's anything wrong with Danny Rose, but just because um, I, I think it would be fun to see. What about Musa Sissoko? Do you want him to get bitch slapped too? Or no, I, there, it, we don't even make fun of Sissoko. It, it just you, you get it, Scott. You understand. It, it just it takes care of itself. <laughs> is Danny Sorry. Rose even getting regular minutes for them? I don't even know that he is. I, probably not, bro. It's I mean Sissoko <laughs> is, but I know Danny. Yeah, I know. Sissoko's I mean, Sissoko's their captain. <laughs> <laughs> it That's should crazy. be it should be i would think this should be i mean look there's never an easy three points in the premier league as as spurs learned today they had to face you know not only southampton but also uh, martin atkinson and anthony taylor uh, as well so it, the, three points are never easy to come by but if, if ever there's going to be three points that you should have it's it's against watford 
Um, and what I like about the, the outlook over the next, you know, couple of weeks is you get Saturday, then a few days to the Wednesday cup match, then Sunday, then a few days till, till the, till the Wednesday cup match. Like there's a little bit, there's, there's no more 48 hour turnarounds for right. this team going like looking, looking ahead. You get a little bit, a little bit more space in between these games, which I like. So it should be, you know, it should be nice. It should be, Dude, should, should, I'm just should, thinking should, about should this how do you how how do you sign for a club and then become the captain right away? That's just so weird. Like, yeah, such a weird thing. You walk in the locker room like, do you do you, do you keep it cool? Like, hey guys, like, tell me a little bit about your situation, or you just say, sit the fuck down, listen to me, motherfuckers. Like, this is my club now. How does that work? Well, from everything I understand, Watford are a very young club, aside from guys like Sissoko and you know fair. some of the other. That's very, very. Some true. Of, some of the other backups, I guess, that they have that aren't regular players. They have some veterans on that team in general, but for the most part, he's like one of the more veteran guys on that club. Mm. They're young. They're, they're young. They're, they're young, and and, yeah. and, they and they're dealing like with a lot of and they're dealing with a lot of injury right now. I mean, Sissoko's played in the Champions League final, baby. Exactly. I mean, we all kind of. Giggle a little bit. Why would you even bring? Why would you bring that up? Why would you bring that up right now? <laughs> well, I look. I know you're you're telling cheek saying that, but he's 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 right to an extent. Sissoko has experience. He's a guy that oh, I'm like kind of serious though too. I love that. I know sure, that's what I'm saying. I I, I I can't believe we're turning this into a Musa Sissoko hour, but you know you are. I'm, I'm you should sign Sissoko back. He can play right wing back. I bet. I mean, if Sonny can play right wing back, Sissoko can play he right can, wing though. back. I mean, look, if 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 Antonio Conte can turn Harry Winks into a real player, he can certainly turn (laughs) Musa Sissoko into a real player. Guys, this was this was an enjoyable one today. I'm glad we were able to get on here and do a little midweek romp through uh through this uh, what was a frustrating but ultimately still feeling positive type of result, uh, at least for for the majority of us. So um I guess this is where we say happy new year to folks because we won't talk to you again until 2022. Um, thanks a lot to, to, to all the Tottenham Depot listeners um, for, for making this, you know, this maiden voyage of ours. So, so fun and so successful and so happy. I'm very grateful as we barrel into the new year um, that, that we're able to do this and, and have this and build up this community and, um, you know, continue to go out, tell a friend about Tottenham Depot if they're a Spurs fan. Um, you know, get them, get them listening and get them, get them, get them on board because uh, we really like growing the community that we have here. And this has been really fun to do with you guys um, re- have really enjoyed it. And uh, we, we look forward to, to a very bountiful and, and, and fun 2022 as we continue to enjoy what Antonio Conte brings to Tottenham Hotspur football club. Uh, Scott, you can follow him at DSM Spurs. You can follow Todd at TC underscore Cashew. You can follow me at a Stedka and follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram Uh, until the weekend when we will recap Watford. This has been the Tottenham Depot podcast as always. Come on you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>